hope we can say something that might brighten up your day, lift your spirits, maybe give you a little more understanding on the Word of God. There's so much confusion out there over this Bible, but folks, it don't have to be. If we'll take time and earnestly seek God, I mean earnestly seek God in prayer for His eternal truth to be revealed in our hearts, He'll do it. I know He will. He's a God that wants us to know His truth. He's a loving Savior. If we'll come to Him with a prayerful heart and with an open mind, God will reveal His truth to us. It's hid from this world. But folks, God will give it to people with honest hearts that really and truly want to know and understand His Word. I'm going to give you a verse that will help you how to understand the Word of God. And it's found in Job the 28th chapter and the 28th verse. There's great wisdom in this Bible. And I'll show you how you have to start out in wisdom. And unto man he saith, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. When a man starts fearing God, that's the beginning of wisdom. And what else? And to depart from evil is understanding. There's no way that a man can understand this word unless he departs from evil. He first starts fearing the Lord and turns his life around and comes out of evil. And God will give him a spirit to start understanding his word. But We've got to come out of evil first. Well, where do we get understanding? How do we get understanding? The Bible said in Psalms 119 and 104, through thy precepts, that's his word, folks. Through thy precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. We get understanding through the word of God. Good understanding is to part from evil. We see in his word how we can depart from evil. We get understanding. We start living the life and following the footsteps of Jesus Christ. We fear the Lord, that's wisdom. We start walking in his path, departing from evil, that's understanding. And folks, we can be a part of the house of God through wisdom and through his understanding. And we can be a part of the building of God by following the precepts of God. Well, the Bible tells us in Isaiah the 28th chapter and the 10th verse, for precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. Now, folks, when you build a building, it's built by a master builder, and he draws that line and puts a line upon a line. That's a straight building. But God's building is built upon his precepts, his word, as it said in the 13th verse. But the word of the Lord was unto them precept upon precept, Precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. This is God's building. This is how he's building his building. And the 17th verse said, Judgment also will I lay to the line and righteousness to the plummet. This building is being built with a plummet and with a line. It's measured by the word of God to see how we're lining up in this building. Up to the cornerstone. And that's why we're preaching on these principles. These fundamental foundations we find in Hebrews, the sixth chapter. Wherefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go unto perfection. Christ was the head cornerstone. Who we pull off of, 
who we mark our lives off of that cornerstone, line upon line, precept upon precept. Yes, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, have the doctrine of baptisms, and this is the one that I want to start on today, and of laying on of hands. There's a doctrine of the laying on of hands, folks. And folks don't understand about the laying on of hands, but there is a doctrine, and this is in God's principles. This is in his fundamental principles of the doctrine of Christ. And we're going to take this up this morning, and I hope it will be a blessing to your heart. Last week we spoke on baptism, the doctrine of baptisms. And folks, we showed how that you're baptized into Christ. When you're baptized into Christ, you've put on Christ. And you're actually being baptized into his body. Because the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, and the 13th verse, For by one Spirit we are baptized into one body. And Colossians, the first chapter, and the 18th verse tells us what that body is. It's the church. Colossians 1 and 18. And he is the head of the body, the church. Yeah, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Yes, that body is the church, and we're baptized into that body. And folks, that body, in that body, you'll find governments, the operation of that body. That's where the doctrine of the laying on of hands comes in. It shows the operation and the authority of the church. Well, turn with me to Isaiah, the ninth chapter, and the sixth verse. It shows us where the governments were found at. The sixth verse, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. The government shall be upon his shoulder. Well, he's the head. And the body is the church. That's what the Bible said in Colossians 1 and 18. So the governments are going to be in his body. But you notice he's the head of that body. That's where the church gets its governing authority. It's from the head. From that headstone. From that chief cornerstone. Yes, the principles of the doctrine of Christ. If it's truly his church... The Bible said in Colossians 1 and 18, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. If it's the church, that head will have the preeminence. It'll get its direction from the head. Yeah, it'll be set up from the head. Those governments will come from the head, and that body will act. It'll move from the head. But them governments are on his shoulders today, folks, on his shoulder. That's part of his body. He gave and set in order an established doctrine for his church to go by. And those governments are found in his body. Well, let's see if that's not true. 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. Let's start at the 27th verse. Now ye are the body of Christ. We are. And members in particular. Now watch this. And God hath set some in the church. That's his body. First apostles. Secondarily prophets. Thirdly teachers. After that miracles. Then gifts of healings. 
helps governments. Governments. That's found in his body, folks. That's the church. Now you notice what it said there in the beginning of that verse. God set these in the church. He set these governments in the church. Folks, that's the right to govern. That's the authority to rule. And where we get our rule is from the Word of God. We don't have any right to govern outside the Word of God. But these governments, the authority comes from God, and He set it in His church. There's an established, there's a set way of doing things. And if it's the church, that head will have the preeminence. It'll get its direction from the head, and that head is Jesus Christ, and He's the Word of God. That's where you'll find these governing rules is in the body of Christ. These governments are set up. And the doctrine of laying on of hands shows the authority of the church, the right of the church to ordain, set in order, and send. You know, folks, God loves order. The Bible tells us let all things be done in decency and in order. There's an order that we have to conduct ourselves in the house of God. There's an order. I want you to turn with me to Romans, the 10th chapter and the 13th verse. We'll show you the order of the Lord. We'll start out here. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now watch this. How shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? They cannot preach except they be sent. Is that sin of anybody? Well, God didn't sin just everybody. God has an order and a fashion that we must go by. And I want to show you this order. Show you who God sent first of all. You can find it in a parable that Jesus spoke of in Matthew, the 21st chapter. The 33rd verse said, here another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it round about and digged a winepress in it and built a tower and let it out to husband and went into a far country. Folks, this is in reference to God. And when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandman that they might receive the fruits of it. You notice he sent his servants. God sent them that they might receive the fruits of it. What did the husbandman do? And the husbandman took his servants and beat one and killed another and stoned another. That's what they did to the prophets. Yeah, God sent the prophets to the house of Israel. You can find that, what he's talking about in Isaiah, the fifth chapter, who they were, who his husbandmen were. But let's go on. Let's read some more. And again, he sent other servants, more than the first, and they did unto them likewise. Yeah, they killed them. But listen to this. But last of all... He sent unto them his son, that was Jesus, saying, They will reverence my son. But when the husband saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir, come let us kill him, and let us seize an inheritance. I want to show you, last of all, God sent his son. He sent servants, he sent the prophets, he sent Moses, the law and the prophets. They did the same thing, they killed him. Yeah, they was against God's ordained plan. But the Bible said, last of all, he sent his son. The son was the last one that God sent. 
And his son, after God sent his son, his son chose 12. It's bringing in the government body of the church. This brings in the governments of the church. It shows you who ordains and sends now. First of all, God did not send his son unless he ordained him. Let's see where he ordained him. Turn with me to Acts, the 17th chapter and the 31st verse. And because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man, by that chief cornerstone, whom he hath ordained. God ordained this man, Jesus. He's going to judge the world by him too. By that man whom he hath ordained, and whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. But last of all, God sent this man whom he ordained. Yeah, he ordained him and he sent him into this world. Now the, the St. John, the 15th chapter and the 16th verse said, he was talking to his disciples. Jesus was here. He said, ye have not chosen me. Listen to this now, but I have chosen you and ordained you. Look at this order. Look at this fashion. And ordained you that ye should go. He sent them too, didn't he? That ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. And whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. You see how God chose Jesus? He ordained him and sent him. And Jesus chose 12 men and ordained them and sent them. And I want to show you how these men, this order of God, these men have got the right. Jesus give them the right to send and ordain. This government was left on his shoulders. It was left in his body. God set it in order. He set it in the body of Jesus Christ. He set it in the church. And that's why Romans said in the 10th chapter and the 14th verse, How shall they preach except they be sent? That is as written. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Yeah, how shall they preach except they be sent? Who sends them now? I'll show you who sent the man that wrote this. Turn with me to Colossians, the first chapter and the 24th verse. To show you where Paul get, got his authority to preach. Who sent him? Colossians 1 and 24. Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh. Listen now. For his body's sake, which is the church, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. This man was made a minister by the church. It said, fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh. Listen now, for his body's sake, which is the church, whereof I am made a minister, the church is what made this man a minister. The church is what sent this man, is who sent this man. Paul knew his authority come through the church. You notice there in Acts, the ninth chapter, when Paul was rehearsing his conversion, when the Lord struck him down in the way, when he was persecuting the church and Jesus appeared before him, but he was persecuting the church. 
And watch what Jesus said to him in the fourth verse, Acts 9 and 4. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? This was Jesus talking to him. And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. He was persecuting the body of Christ, the church. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembled and astonished, saying, Lord, what dost thou have me to do? Now you notice what Jesus told him here. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. You notice Jesus sent him to the body. He sent him to the church. I'm sure Jesus could have told him what to do. But why did he send him to the church? Because that was his ordained plan. Jesus chose 12. Well, God chose Jesus and sent him and ordained him. And Jesus sent and ordained 12. He left it in the hands of the church, in the hands of the apostles to send and ordained. Yeah, I'm sure Jesus could have ordained him and sent him there. But that's not his ordained plan. That wasn't his order. See, God loves order. He sent him down to old Ananias. Ananias baptized him, put him in the church. Paul didn't just up and run and jump and go preaching. He knew that he had to be ordained. That's why Jesus sent him to the church to make him a minister, to have this man ordained. Well, turn with me to uh, 1 Timothy, the second chapter, Paul's writings to Timothy here. Paul knew he had to be ordained. Second, uh, 1 Timothy, the second chapter, the seventh verse, it says, Whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle, I speak the truth in Christ and lie not, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. Yeah, Paul knew he had to be ordained. That's God's plan. Yeah, God's, he's not just sending everybody, folks. How can they preach except they be sent? There's an ordained plan. There's an ordained order. And you'll find these in the house of God. Well, what did he tell Timothy? Timothy got his the same way Paul got his. Timothy, 1 Timothy, the fourth chapter and the 14th verse shows him what he's told Timothy. Paul said, neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy and the laying on of hands of the Presbyterian. Can you see the doctrine of laying on of hands? Can you see how important it is? Yeah, that's, you'll find these in the foundations and the fundamentals of the doctrine of Christ. There's a set order. There's a set doctrine of way the church has to be conducted. Yeah, we just can't run and jump and do anything we want to do. There's an order. There's a fashion. He told him not to neglect the gift that is in him, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the Presbyterian. Yeah, the authority of the church to ordain and send. Well, I've heard preachers say, well, the Holy Ghost has sent me. I don't need nobody send me. You can tell right off, folks, that man don't know what he's talking about in the Word of God. You can tell what foundation he's on. I want to show you how you're sent by the Holy Ghost. Turn with me to Acts, the 13th chapter. You can read in the first verse that how there was a church at Antioch and there were certain prophets and teachers there. And we'll start at the second verse. The Bible said, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, 
The Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. What did they do? They didn't just jump and run and go run off saying, The Holy Ghost sent me. Look what they did first. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Yeah, I know you can see that. That's plain. Now, let's show you. It said, it said that they sent them away. But where did that authority come from? The fourth verse. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed. Folks, that Holy Ghost will act according to the Word of God. That Holy Ghost is the Spirit of truth. That's the only way the Holy Ghost could send them, is for them to lay their hands on them and then send them. No, the Holy Ghost won't cross itself. It's the Spirit of truth. They knew that before they got the authority to be sent by the Holy Ghost, it had to come through the church because that's His Word. They laid their hands on them and sent them. Then surely that's how they're sent by the Holy Ghost. Yeah, praise His name. I know you can see that. Yeah, now you can see how what the Bible says about how can they preach except they be sent. Yeah, they've got to be sent of the Holy Ghost. They've got to be sent by the church. You know, God's just not sending anything. God's sending men through the church with his ordained plan that's teaching these principles. Yeah, the doctrine of laying on of hands. These are fundamental principles in the doctrine of Christ. It's no wonder that there's so many different ways out there. Men will just run and go any way that they want and teach anything that they want without going through the church. But that's not God's building because God's building is built upon his principles, built upon his word. Yeah, Paul told Timothy not to neglect the gift that was given unto him. And he showed him how it was given unto him by prophecy through the laying on of hands of the Presbyterian. Yeah, and he reminded him again in Second Timothy, the first chapter and the sixth verse, wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Yeah, Paul wanted to to stress that, how important it was. Yeah, Timothy, where'd you get that gift from? It come through the church, through the ordained plan of the church. Yeah, and Paul also told Titus, he wrote to Titus in the first chapter, and we start at the fourth verse, to Titus, mine own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Listen now, for this cause I left thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order. Yeah, that's where he got the authority from was the church, to set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I hath appointed thee. Now he shows him, it shows him the things that it takes to have an elder ordained, the qualifications that they have to meet. If any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children. See, these are all in God's house. These are rules. These are orders. These are things that we have to go by. Now, there's no wonder there's so many things going on out there in the world today. Yeah, they don't go by this word of God. If any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly, for a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, 
not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful word which he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gangsayer. Yeah, that's solid, that's sound. Yeah, fundamental principles, yes, that was taught in the house of God. Yeah, and folks, I want you to know, not everybody's authorized by the church to lay hands. It only comes through the laying on the hands of the Presbyterian, the elders. Not everybody's an elder, folks. There's only certain people in the house of God that can ordain and sin. They have to meet the qualifications themselves. There's a lot in this doctrine of laying on of hands. If it's a Lord's will, we'll, we'll get into some more of this. But I want you to understand not everybody can lay hands on people, folks. Yeah, you can find in God's word about what the qualifications of a bishop are. The bishop are the ones that lays their hands on, the elders, the ones that lays the hands on the people. And folks, you have to meet the qualifications of a bishop and an elder. And I can't see where any woman would ever meet the qualification of a bishop. They've got to be the husband of one wife. So a woman can't be a bishop, folks. They're not authorized by the word of God to lay hands on people. That laying on of hands, that's authority. That's authority of God's word. Yeah, the Bible said in 1 Timothy, the second chapter, the 12th verse, but I suffer a woman not to teach nor usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. Now, folks, a woman's got her place in the church, and it's a great place in the house of God, but it's not in the doctrine of the land on of hands of the Presbyterian. You know, it's not in there.